0: all with even less restraint than usual. Join us once more on 60 Saws That Explain the 90s every Wednesday on Spotify.
1: Stop the music. Stop it hard. Whoa. Breaking news. I don't have a sound. Go. The mouse is dead. I forgot to tell you what you, ki- how I, I finished breaking on uh b- b- b Saturday night, finished about midnight. I'm going to, I'm, I'm walking out of my office to go to bed. Mm-hmm. Two things happen. Well, first of all, on Saturday, earlier in the day, yep. had to give the boys their, their flea and tick medicine. They get <laughs> starting do. with dog talk again. Yep, <laughs> It's a three month pill. So one pill every three months. So it's pretty, pretty strong. Been Griffey, there. little champ eats it. Brady, mean a total, butt won't yep. eat it. We put in his mouth like you, you hold his mouth shut. You blow like you, into his nostrils. It's supposed oh, to make him swallow. Okay. No, not my dog. He would pass out from not breathing before he would swallow this freaking <laughs> pill. So whatever. I, I tell suppository. Hannah, I'm suppository. Like, yeah, I'm just. I don't know what that means. I tell Hannah, I'm like, just leave it alone. He'll get it at some <laughs> get it at some <laughs> point. She won't though. She's like, I gotta, I gotta get to him today. But mm-hmm. well, then she walks away. Griff goes and eats his. Uh-oh. So I'm like, and he, and he takes a bigger dose cause he's bigger than Griffy. So I'm like, crap, this, like, I honestly was like, we're going to have to pump his stomach. Like, I, I just don't know. I don't know. Like, is it toxic? If it's too much, ends up being fine, whatever. He gets super Flesh strength, that, kills the mouse. Like, super strength, hunts down the <laughs> mouse. Flash forward that evening. I come walking out of my office and I hear, as soon as I come walking out, I hear little taps, like the pups mm-hmm. walking, coming to greet dad. And then it's like midnight and I hear r- 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 pukes all over the floor. So I'm like, oh, it's, this is Griffy puking up medicine. Yeah. No,
2: Brady. That's
1: besides the point. So I, I picked wait. Her, does that have
2: anything to do with this mouse story? It's the whole.
1: So I literally pick up the vomit, go to walk over to the trash can. I look and I was like, oh, the mouse trap is is like snapped. Ooh. Like, sure enough, dead mouse.
2: You didn't use a humane one to save the mouse's life.
1: It killed it quick. Okay. That is humane. It snapped its neck like, and it's covered. So you just picked the whole thing up. You didn't oh, even see it. Nice. I just saw the tail dangling. Wow. Dead as a doornail.
2: Um, two episodes in a row talking about mice in the okay. house. someone did say oh. that this is retribution for your bad mouthing of the Disney series and Minnie Mouse and things like that in the past, like the Disney I didn't products the mini and stuff mou- like that. I
1: badmouth the weirdos who are watching sure, it from their yeah, basement. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> speaking of weirdos and whiners and complaints, yeah. I had an idea this morning. You did. Ended up being a hugely engaged post. One of our better ones recently, I feel like. I think so. What do you hate
2: about the hobby? That's where I want to start. What, what do people hate about the hobby? I think that post in general is also kind of like one of those where it's like, is the negative, because so many comments were negativity. But it's like, do you have, is the post a negative thing? No, to, don't to be, begin with. I, I don't be. think, I do think that in general, the responses were really good. We're going to have to, you got to tell me what how you want to do this. There was 185
1: comments in two hours.
2: And there was still comments on Instagram too. So we had so many different comments and there. Are some that are short, some that are long, but some of the long ones are like really pointed.
1: Okay. Let's go back and forth. I had a couple I want to hit. I'll hit, I'll hit you. Okay. You hit. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I face. like that. One of these that stood out to me. Uh, Justin Thornton said, comp police, so people comping. I don't care about that. And hobby gatekeepers. I do agree with that. Hobby gatekeepers are obnoxious. Anything new that comes in, we, the hobby, like, well, that's not how it's always been, and we can't allow this, and we're not going to stand for it.
2: Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. People
1: make it more difficult to get into this little club of ours. It's amazing, too. Us nerds playing with cardboard have the like the gall to also be like selective about who we let in. Yes. We're the losers at the lunch table. If anybody else <laughs> wants to sit with us, we should be welcoming them and giving them our lunch.
2: But inside this world, inside the the small pond, as it were, it is a very, every fish thinks it's a big fish inside this small pond. But then yes. outside of it, it not is even
1: not even big fish though. This is more just like, this is the hobby I was raised on. So that's all it can be, which tied in, by the way, the most commented thing was like, people being worried about how other people enjoy the hobby yeah that is one of my biggest things if you want to come in here and do nothing but buy cards to hold to never sell put them in a binder because you're a set collector i don't care what you do Mm -hmm. i don't think anybody should care what anybody
2: does actually but it is true people being overly concerned with other people I think um, I'm out. we have to view this, this segment, too, as not just like a, hey, this is our avenue to complain or to voice your complaints. I think it's also, we view this as a, an opportunity to get better. Like, these are the problems that many who love the hobby, who like to collect, this is what they say they don't like. Maybe these are things that we could all actively take into a, you know, take accountability for. I am just using this to complain for the record. <laughs> I know you are. I know. Okay, what
1: was anything? you, um, you shoot me This one. is
2: man. So not only was this in the post, every other Facebook post in the last few days has also said this shaking. Yeah, what is this? Okay, so I, I finally don't know what this is. Okay, so I finally got it. And I, I do understand now. If you watch a break and <laughs> there's like these over dramatic people, it's the same guys who are like, they pull a card that's like two bucks. And they're like, let's go just because there's like a bit of color on it or it's a number or whatever. Okay. It's also they've started doing this. I am shaking. I am literally shaking. I just pulled this Mufasa one of one from a 1990 Lion King blaster pack and I am shaking. That's what it. Seriously? Yeah.
1: I pulled the. You know what I started doing now just to be a jerk? I do. The, I do what I call the bleacher. So when the I hit, bleacher, or bleaker, whatever those uh-huh. idiots are named. So when I pull a big card, I don't even say what it is. I hold it up super quick, and then just pull it off. <laughs> we pulled a gold Drew Jones the other day, and I was like, I know it's a big card. I was like, nope. Didn't even say what Not it was. For you. Literally 15, 20 seconds in the chat, and someone's like, by the way, was that Drew Jones? Auto? I was like, oh, this one? Yep. Didn't even put it on the card stand. <laughs> Dude, that I was, was always, kind of afraid
2: that that's That has go. always
1: been my thing. I try to be the least whelmed breaker of all time. <laughs> yeah, I, I like whatever. that one. That's Get what shaking here. is, though. Yes. So. You don't even acknowledge it. Tom Brady, one-on-one comes out, you just go, okay, cool. next card. Do you give a cool at least? Like a, yeah. I eh, Not even that, but what I do is the very next card, no matter what it is, like here's a,
2: whatever, Ken Griffey Jr. base card. Yeah. Like, dude, this is actually a pretty cool base card. You got you to gotta admire <laughs> this the base is a card. cool base card. I do like your approach to almost every single time it's a card you want, it's just like, oh, not sending that card. I have on more than one occasion assumed that you were telling the truth. Even though I know you, you. like you're, you actually are going to keep it. All right, go on. Next one.
1: The next one I mentioned, and this guy was saying this, that I believe in the way that I view it. He is sick of people saying breakers have ruined the hobby. Yeah, correct. The hobby. First of all, I will always argue this. What is ruined about the hobby? It is bigger now than it has just about ever been. And yes, we're in the middle of a dip here. It's still a massively large space, bigger than almost any other time in history what I just never understand. Oh, well, they're ruining the hobby. Me and my son, little Timmy, that stupid little kid, can't go out and get cards. Yes, you can. The cards you have are worth more. The boxes you are going to buy are going to cost more because the potential cards that come out will, again, be more expensive. I'm not saying it's ideal, but this thought that breaking has ruined the hobby somehow is dumb. I think that is one of the worst
2: cop-outs of all time. Um, I would I would agree with that. I do also appreciate... There's a uh, Jeremy Davis. He put in the disdain for newbies okay, and on, newbie questions. You saw my comment to him, correct? Too many E's for my Jeremy J E
1: R E M E Y.
2: So sorry, Jeremy. You're getting you're getting doxed I've, right now. No, I've talked to him about this. <laughs>
1: There's no doxing. He's the only person in the world. I asked about his parents' motivation there. He didn't have much to say.
2: The that aside, the ease aside, he makes a solid point as far as. There's a lot of negativity towards anybody asking a question that is deemed as a newbie question. Granted, I think there is some accountability as far as, hey, if the guy asks, what is this comp? And you don't want to answer that question. That's fine. But at the same time, maybe just point instead of like complain about it. Just say, hey, go here. This is twofold. I, and Paul Smith mentioned this. I was actually
1: in my next comment. Some new people I do and some people have just been around too. I find to be lazy Man, oh, what, do you, sure. what do we think about this card? Just say you're too stupid and lazy to look up the card yourself. Very easy to find a comp on almost anything. We've just, we've explained it multiple times. Mm-hmm. So it goes two ways. Don't be lazy. Do some work. Do some, do your due diligence. And if the person legitimately is saying that and still struggling, instead of making a comment about it, just say, hey, by the way, I use card letter sales history, mm-hmm. or I use one thirty point.com. Pretty simple. Paul Smith says the exact same thing. Like ignorant, lazy, new people who make little to no effort to do anything. I liked his second part though. Also newer, as in post COVID accounts like Whiteback and Card Porn. Whiteback is uh, collectibles guru, mm-hmm. and Card Porn that regurgitate the same stuff every day just for clicks and views. The same? I don't know. If I don't know about the same stuff, but I do agree that there is a lot of like sensationalism with a lot of these accounts. I've, that irritates me all the time, anyways.
2: Well, I think that I. I have a real problem with it because at the same time, it's like, if there wasn't sensationalism, would you even follow the account? Like, no, would anyone
1: care? People would care about stuff in the hobby. People would not waste their time caring about stuff that's just being sensationalized. Would they follow the accounts? No. And I'd be okay with that. But those people
2: don't care. They oh, are those people. Their motivation. Yeah. Sure. But, um, I do also appreciate, um, there was a comment from Brandon McAllister. He said, the people trashing everyone else's cards. Like, Always. I absolutely hate that i'll get into the comment section i'll just start defending if there's somebody who posts a card that they really like and it has almost no value or it's like someone posted what's that card with the the classic card uh it's a basketball card with the twins in the background who like killed their parents oh, or the something men- uh
1: yeah it's a it's a
2: mark jackson card yes the
1: mendoza twin melendez brothers
2: there it is yep. the uh that card was posted recently. It's been up in the Facebook group. How many times? We have almost 80,000 members. Of course, it's going to come up. But people are like roasting this guy. It's like, oh, yeah, good. You just found out about that? Oh, really? Because the guy was just happy that he's like, oh, I just found out. This is cool. Sure. Why? Why? Just let him have his day. Let him enjoy it. It goes back to let people collect
1: what they want exactly. to collect. Exactly. That's fair. Uh, there's a couple of things in here that I actually thought were interesting. If you're somebody who buys and sells. Um, so like Tanner Neese, nice, who I've, I've known for years through social, uh, through Facebook, at least. Uh, card show pricing still stuck in nineteen in 2021. That is definitely an issue. People just not getting over the fact that the market has come down. Pricing has changed. Mm-hmm. There was also a bunch of comments though, about selling. Like, okay, make me an offer. Anytime oh, yeah. your post starts with make me an offer. You do not want to sell your card that, the, that screams or they to want me. To
2: get, actually, the, I think it's, they want to make the most amount of money possible and they don't want to say un, a number too low. But that unreasonably they could have gotten
1: more. so it's never, there is never a, a number. It's a hundred dollar card. Plenty of comps up and down a hundred bucks. Make sure. me an offer. Yeah. 98, not even close. <laughs> it, it, anybody who starts a post like that a, ripping me off. on any forum is not serious about selling their card. It's it, 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 That is the definition of a selling donkey a lot of stuff, too, though, about like even like like sellers and too, like, hey, uh, I want this much. You cover fees. It's pretty standard. Mm-hmm. If you're selling the card, you pay the fee.
2: Yeah, I th- think th- that's there's what it really. No-
1: and honestly, the other thing, all these guys who made comments about, hey, I hate this aspect of buying or this a- aspect of selling. Ninety nine percent of these could be solved by this. Just be fair and be direct. Yeah. I want this amount of money based on these comps. Somebody gives you an offer you can either decline it or make a counter offer. Yeah. Very simple, but it is funny the amount of people who had the same uh, complaints about like how to buy, how to sell. It's not that hard. You're just not dealing with reasonable people most of the time.
2: Uh Travis Melinda Gates put out the post saying um basically this has been going on forever but quality control. This isn't really so much the hobby participants but more of the people creating the cards themselves. Just I guess he it is interesting how we still see so many miscuts, misprints, blanks, missing autos, things like that. It is interesting, but at the same time, when you start, because we're going to later in the show, we're going to have Ryan from Gemrate come on the show. who is this by the way so um, i know the gem account
1: it's like the black and green lettering all the time right is that the gem no no, that's jim
2: mint uh jim rate is the one who puts out the reports of grading so basically all grading company, well uh psa sgc bgs and csg they he'll put out like a monthly report on instagram of who's grading what what cards are the most graded things like that so kind of giving an idea of representation Hmm. of uh, what that data can mean is what we're going to talk about later with him. But okay. um, part of that is also just sheer numbers of how many cards get graded. To think like the King Griffey upper deck card just hit 100. You see Just this? hit 100,000 grade. Like uh, I think 100,000 grades overall with PSA. Um, with PSA. Mm-hmm. That's not including the other grading companies. So when I, I bring all that up to say this Travis Melinda Gates comment about miscuts, misprints, things like that when you're talking about millions of cards for just like one player, because I mean, if he's got that many, then even today we're talking, there's even more for some players. There's going, that's going to happen, but how does it happen to the point where we're seeing so much of it? I just feel like we see a lot of it. I agree.
1: Uh, Richie Levert had one of my favorite comments, the doomsday tinfoil hat wearing joyless people (laughs) commenting on every thread about the new junk wax era. Or the crashing market, I agree. That I'm is curious. That is, again, what you think
2: about that, though? The junk the, wax, the era junk comment. wax
1: thing is such an overplayed thing, and it's always by people who have zero allocation or distribution or know anything about the amount of product being printed. That's the thing. Okay. Very rarely do I hear breakers come out like this. And now, granted, it would be against their business to would agree to say that, but there are plenty of us breakers who are very outspoken about everything else. Yeah. I just I think it's a total myth. Are they printing a ton of cards? Yep. Are there a ton more people in the hobby now than any, any other time? Uh, see the answer I just said. Yeah. See above. Like, I just, I don't know, to a degree, it's like, what are we talking about? And, and this is the same thing I have, too. The same guys who have been crapping on Panini for, for the last 10 years hate everything about Panini. Well, now they hate Fanatics, too. So it's mm-hmm. just, And I said this on the last show. Like, you hate, you don't trust and you hate Panini. You feel the same way about Fanatics. You feel the same way about SGC and PSA and the whole grading thing in general. So it's like, so what are you doing in the hobby? Yeah. But that's how I know these guys. A lot of these people just say things for clicks or to get attention, because if you really felt that way, you wouldn't stick
2: around. agree. That's how I know most people just say things to be sensational. Uh, Rob Smith breakers that treat people like cash machines. I sure. Absolutely. That one I'm good with. I've seen this a lot. Like, it's just like, Hey, by the way, we're doing this break. And they'll reach out to somebody that they know will want to buy into that. There's a. There's some people, there's some breakers who are doing that because they know that person actually wants in. There's some breakers who are doing that because it's like, I know that guy spends money. I can get him to come spend money with me. And it's just, I don't know. I don't like the look necessarily. And I do think that overall, it's not just breakers. I think it's a lot of people in this hobby where we are severely dipping into the pockets of the people that actually enjoy it to the point where... I wonder if this is hurting the hobby. Like, I wonder if it's too much.
1: I like this one. The best Anil Kumar Kumar. I'm not supposed to be saying this on this page, but I'm sharing this because I've been blessed with her guidance and technique. She has helped me achieve dreams. Oh, God, crypto trading. Stop. We get that comment in the group, like 50 <laughs> times by the bots. I love it. Um, one thing I thought too: people, not understanding market fluctuation. So simply complaining about their card pricing. Absolutely. Like again, things change on on season, off in season, off season. All those things change the state of the market overall. um, I was happy to see though a bunch of the comments were we're sick of people talking about junk wax 2.0. Like it's a lazy take. Don Getter said the same thing. It's a lazy take. I do agree with that. I just think there's people at times just say things to say things. Period. Like with no actual evidence of anything going
2: on. So I do think that the majority of from what I saw in. Because I mean, like you said, there's almost 200 comments in here, but the majority are things like the junk wax having an issue, the shake, the shaking thing is probably the most. Um, but then also just the the posts about commenting on other people's love of the hobby, what they like about it. Leave it alone. If you don't like it, fine. Just why make a negative comment about it?
1: Yeah. Again, I I don't want to go through all these, but yeah, I just thought it was interesting just to see. It's funny when you get a bunch of people to comment on the same subject how many feel the exact same way about a lot of the same exactly. things. Exactly. Because even like the conspiracy theory thing, I get irritated about that too. There's so much content and effort made into like just grasping at straws on some of this crap. Yeah. And it's like, what's the point? Like, are you that desperate for a click of you, what, like
2: a like, I don't, like, you know what else is cool? Real life friends? I mean, I don't, I'm not gonna. Um, <laughs> I do, I, it is a, a shame because I think that the hobby is so disjointed as far as, you you have hobby friends online, but I don't I find it very rare to know many people that are have hobby friends in real life. Other than you, you're the only hobby friend that I have in real life that I would cont- I would talk to on a regular basis. I just think that the internet is the main place for these people to communicate. And unfortunately, the internet also brings out a number of trolls.
1: Yeah, a number of people simply said the internet is the issue. The internet is the issue. That was the beginning of the downfall. Oh, that's funny. Um, It's fair.
2: That's it. Okay. I don't want to spend the whole show on it. I just want to talk about it. No, I think it was good. Uh, Anything you want to talk about game two? You want to take a victory lap or anything? I said we come back 1-1. We're now (laughs) 1-1. We are now 1-1. Also. That was so close, though. Oh, man. That Ted Lasso
1: card that sold last night on eBay. Now, granted, it sold. I believe it sold raw. Can you look this up? Just Ted Lasso? I don't, yeah, give a little background to... I'm going to. I'm going to tell the whole background. Can you look <laughs> up the card? Well, do much. It's your story. Why don't you look up the card? So I saw reported today, like, hey, this card, like, a lot of guys don't know about it. And this thing just sold online last night. Okay, so it was raw. And it was on the front of a pack. I found it here. Sold for seven. And it wasn't last night. It was the second. So whenever that was. It's from 2013 Tops. It was an unreleased set from the Ted Lasso show. They released in, like, these the clear cello packs or whatever. Um... One sold on the second for $750 on eBay. This is the exact same. And it's funny, somebody must have just released these because there's actually a bunch of these different 2013 ones I'm starting to see. The pop is stupid low, but all of a sudden, there are a couple popped up on social media, a couple popped up on eBay. Well, this is the one our buddy Jeremy, I brokered this deal, by the way, with Josh Luber, $8,000, and it was not a ten. dollars I don't think it was graded by SGC, but it was not. I don't think it was a 10. I don't think so either. And I almost want to go back to my text and find this card, but we've texted a thousand times. So point being win for J.A. Okay.
2: That was a very obscure story that only affects two people, but that's fine. Okay. Um, Back to anything hobby related. Did you, I don't know if you happen to notice. I don't want to go back to the odds. Um, Last week uh, before, after game one, Odds of Nuggets winning were minus 850 to the Heat being plus 575. That is now, after the Heat winning this last game, it's now only minus 270 for the Nuggets pos- uh, plus 220 for Heat. I mean, you still want it on the road. It's pretty big. And now they go back home. Tyler Hero supposedly is going to be in this next game. I don't know. I'm glad it's going to be a series. Be, yeah, exactly. I was rooting, I want the Nuggets to win overall, but I was rooting for Heat to win just because I would like to see something actually entertaining happen. Oh, one other thing before I guess gets here. Uh, so, Mike, you were listening to Simmons' podcast. Actually, I think we both saw first there was a post on Pole Wax uh, Instagram account of them being at one of these uh, games, the Celtics game.
1: Yeah. The same game ex- seven? Game seven. Uh, apparently, they're Miami fans. I don't know. The one kid is named Mikey, I think. The little dude. Oh, okay. I don't know who the other guy is. They may be the nicest guys on the earth, by the way. Sure. I, I said to you off air. You watched <laughs> that video they posted. Two of the most punchable faces in the hobby.
2: Well, when they're Maybe doing like not the even Waza in- face. Oh, like, I don't God. know if they were saying Waza. But by the way, I, I was
1: texting Simmons about this, and he was just like, these kids didn't know anything about the game. Which well, I, to be fair, where were they? they were right they behind They were sitting them. Like right behind Simmons, I believe. Yeah. Um, I'd like to know what those tickets cost. Yeah, he was just like, play, we'll play the audio. It was pretty funny because this was on his
2: pod. Bill Simmons podcast.
0: for You know, one of the reasons I, I had a bad feeling about the game, we sat down, usually this section's all Celtic fans, yeah. and the row behind us were these two obnoxious Heat fans who probably became Heat fans when LeBron joined the team in 2010. They didn't even know who Sam Hauser's name was, so I was like, "Oh, you guys are serious fans." Huh? Hauser's played in multiple games this game, but these guys, anytime that happens, I'm a, I always think it's a bad sign. It was, it was yeah. really annoying. So
1: I texted uh, him. He just hated their guts. They had no idea it was in the game. <laughs> I was like, it's great because I told him, "I was like, these are card guys. These are
2: actually two breakers." I got a kick out of it, but... Yeah. I'm kind of surprised they actually knew who Simmons was, honestly. I don't it know. It is true, because
1: I think they're both quite a bit younger than us.
2: Yeah. I think there's definitely a demographic where... Or, or an age range where you see... Everyone knows Bill Simmons to almost like very few. Although the backyard guy, Nick at backyard, talked about Simmons too quite a bit to
1: me on the phone. Like we've he's come up a oh, number okay. of times. our car. So maybe younger guys do too. I just always assume
2: we're the youngest Simmons fans out there. Maybe we're not. Being someone who's new to the, the not only hobby, but sports in general, like in the last few years, it, I just assumed everyone who followed the hobby knew who <laughs> Bill Simmons was because they followed sports. So they knew Bill. Well, not Is to mention that was not the case. Been, and
1: there's been like some major, like, even if you don't know him from the podcast, like the other, my sister and husband, uh, my sister and brother-in-law are in town. So, of course, I go over to my parents' house the other night and they're playing the old 30 for 30 about the 04 Red Sox. Well, Simmons narrates that on screen. Oh, like him okay, and that that's comedian cool. Lenny, the chubby dude from Boston. He's like 70. I don't know.
2: You'd know him if you saw him. You would know him. Yeah, I know him. Just like the most stereotypical Irish guy from. Is he Lenny or my Uncle Larry? I don't know. One of the two. Sure, gotcha. All right. Um, So that brings us to our guest, Ryan from Gemrate is joining us. Uh, We'll go ahead and bring him on right now. Ryan Stasinski from Gemrate joining us on the podcast. Ryan, thank you so much for uh, for coming on. Tell us a little bit about Gemrate. What's What's it all about?
0: Yeah, so GemRate was created two and a half years ago uh, with the idea of just helping people better understand population reports. We, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to navigate. The world is pretty complicated. The websites, you know, were somewhat dated for some of the grading companies. They've since revamped a lot of them. But uh, the idea was just to help people who are in the market better understand sort of populations to just what the supply of cards looks like. Uh, so we spent like a year and a half really understanding that industry. And as a part of it, started publishing some reports on just high-level trends.
2: So how long, uh, when did you... I guess, when did you really start gaining popularity? Because I noticed that it gets shared by almost everyone each month when you put out a new report.
0: Yeah, that's right. So about two years ago, we started publishing on a regular. Uh, We got, at at the time, we were the first one to sort of window people into what was happening at PSA. PSA had shut down. And so people were wondering, you know, what was happening with the backlog? How long was it going to take to get cleared? And so we were just providing some transparency into, okay, there's, you know, 14 million cards in this backlog. Are we looking at like years here or is it months? And so we started just highlighting trends as it related to what was PSA doing first. Uh, and it got picked up by Cardporn. That was kind of our jumping off point was Cardporn sort of featured what we were doing. And we just started getting a lot of traction from there. And then uh, we've evolved. We, you know, we were covering PSA initially, but we brought it to make sure people understood what was happening at like SGC, BGS, CGC, CSG, you know, the, ma- the main grading companies.
2: You don't take like any bias standpoint on any of this? No one's like paying you for this data.
0: No, they're big, are sort of one of our, uh values here is that, you know, we only consume what the public can see. So everything has to come from the population report. We don't want anything fed to us. You know, we don't want to just be a mouthpiece for a grading company. And so, you know, we're very much trying to uh, take what everybody else sees and just make sense of it. And so, you know, that was sort of our, one of our founding principles is just to make sure that it's, if, you, if you're updating a pop report, we're going to make, make sense of it for you.
2: So I thought what would be nice to have you on first off would just be like, can you give us just... A rundown of May's pop numbers. Like, what is it telling us?
0: Yeah. So, at a high level, um, you know, we've been seeing a couple record months. So, uh, March and April were sort of record highs in the hobby as relates to the grading um, across the board. PSA is the dominant force there, obviously. So, they're like eighty percent of market share as relates to like the grading companies and the ones we follow. Uh, And then in May, we saw that there was a bit of a dip for the first time. You know, a meaningful dip in that it was down fourteen percent from April. Still up slightly year over year, but it's the first time we've really seen a drop off that was you know double digits, and so you know it, it didn't real it hasn't really sort of I think uh, broke through in the sense that people are like oh you know are, should we be nervous about this? But from somebody who's sort of analyzing this data day in and day out, it's definitely like a work, uh, noteworthy time in the sense that we haven't really seen a drop like this, and, and TCG has been fueling a lot of that, and TCG saw a bit of a slowdown.
1: Ryan, just just to be just to clarify, fourteen percent less cards graded in May than- for PSA. Or or for PSA, no, No, overall. Oh, oh, overall, okay. That's why I was asking Ryan. Overall. Your name is Jesse, (laughs) so shut up. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so overall, 14% less than in April. Is that what you said?
0: Yep. Gotcha. Yeah, exactly. And 2% compared to May of last year, it's up, but very slightly.
1: Okay.
2: Which I did find really interesting, because I would have thought May of last year, we would be down compared to then. I thought that was still like, I thought, if anything, we have been on a slow decline since I don't know, mid last year. Yeah, but decline in pricing, not decline in grading. Like everybody still grades everything. So okay. That's why
1: 14% a month is actually kind but of... But that's,
2: again, that's where I, I think this is really good information because I, I assumed they were one and the same. I thought decline in pricing would also indicate maybe a decline in people grading their cards, so...
0: Yeah, no, grading activity has been ticking up for the most part, so that's why this is noteworthy. It's the first time we've kind of gone off that trajectory and really seen somewhat of a, you know, a a downward decline.
2: Um. So the biggest... It looks like, according to this... PSA was the biggest hit, which of course would be one of the reasons why you're down 14%. If it was like, say, BGS down, you know, 18% like yeah. PSA is in yeah. this month, then you wouldn't have seen such a huge hit. Um, I know that TCG, as you mentioned, has been one of the biggest greater uh, graded things that uh, people are sending in. How big is that? Like, what percentage does that make up?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, in any given month, it's 40%, almost 50% in wow. certain what? months. Isn't now, that crazy? Which is huge, which is crazy. And that's, you know, 90% when we see TCG, we're basically talking Pokemon cards. You exactly. Know? I mean, it's to simplify it. And Does
2: that's anybody the thing. play Pokemon well, So that's, a, I was going to talk about a little Pokemon later, though, but oh, Pokemon, I've, I'm just going to make a couple I'll stats. Out then. But it is interesting that <laughs> this last Pokemon release did not do very well. And therefore you're seeing... Overall grading numbers go down, and specifically, was it the T? It was TCG that led that decline for the most part.
0: Uh, so this month, both sports and TCG declined. But TCG had been really fueling like all the incremental growth across the the hobby in 2023, with the exception of SGC, who's done some stuff with specials uh, on sports cards. But yeah, I mean, mostly it's been TCG slash Pokemon and. Um, this was the first time we've really seen a drop off in that after having you know I think all every month or almost every month in twenty twenty three we've seen growth this far, and so this is the first time we've seen a pretty big drop off,
1: especially in May too like again, I know it's just one product, but Bowman coming out is like I would think Bowman, if you had to go across the board for individual wax releases that are graded the most it's it's one two it's it's probably one or two, it's either
2: Bowman. Or Bowman draft. When when was it that SGC Don't did the special? Point with, your finger. <laughs> was it Topps Chrome uh, that they <laughs> did the first like nine dollar special for grading? Uh, that's a good question.
1: They did like Top Series Two last year or update. They did a
2: Bowman Chrome last year. Bowman Chrome. Okay. Okay. They did draft as well. Did they not do that this year? They as did well? Series One. They did Series year. One. That's I think what this was their fourth or fifth. So I think the, they did Series One. I want to say that was in March. But they did Bowman in, and, in May. Well, and so that's what I mean. It was interesting that in March, it makes me think that maybe series 1 is the more popular product among collectors. In no the chance. the people to I grade? no, dude, I'm telling you you are in the co- microcosm of <laughs> your this world of the people who listen to the show what you collect. Yes, Bowman's big around us. But outside of us, there's a much bigger hobby. A lot more people who don't even know who we are, and I don't think they're as into the prospect game as they are into people who are actually playing the game. But you think therefore that, hey, they're look- going after the series one, and therefore taking advantage. And that's why March numbers for SGC were so good versus May numbers not being as good.
1: So these people don't prospect. They're not into Bowman, but they're into grading. I don't buy it.
2: How do you not buy that? I don't believe it. Okay.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's any chance in the world more top Series 1 cards are being graded than Bowman. Uh, well,
0: I, I can give you an. I can yeah, give I was an about to
1: say maybe someone could
2: t- help us out
1: here. You know what, Ryan? <laughs> so- just stay, hey, Ryan. Just stay in your lane. I don't even know what you do. I don't know how to say your last name. I don't know what you're doing here. I don't care for that. Um, no, go ahead, Ryan. I'm here to. I'm here to call bluffs. Um, there yeah, we go. So
0: with <laughs> SGC, their top series one uh, promotion graded, they graded like fifty-one thousand cards. Uh, Thirty thousand of those, I like their first month. With the Bowman promotion that's out now, they've graded about 16,000 or sort of 15,000 in the first month. So the Topps promotion was about twice as productive as the Bowman promotion thus far. You know, I think the Topps promotion also did get a little bit more press or a little bit more notoriety. So there's probably part of that. Um But I do think, you know, I mean, there's definitely... um a good mix i think tops might be slightly more popular as it relates to the grading but i mean bowman is definitely right there obviously I'm, I'm, sho-
2: I'm
1: actually shocked by
2: that think about too like the kids who actually want to get into this who are collecting the guys they like the guys they like are guys who are playing they don't really but know they, any but of those. those
1: kids aren't great like that though i guess was my thought
2: kids like that like little stupid timmy we always talk I don't about kn- he's probably not grading his card though i disagree because my daughter who knows nothing oh, about any of that <laughs> I'm sorry when you have your child when little Teddy comes oh. out and you want to ask him about guards and you want to talk about it on the pot I'm not gonna sigh about it. when my daughter who you knows nothing about sports <laughs> such I I make a I make a positive thing great. and it turns negative oh no, my daughter great. knows nothing about sports but she knows about grading because I graded a couple of her Pokemon cards now that's what every time she finds a new Pokemon she's like I want to get that graded like, you were right, just, by the way. It's just the next You're right. The step. numbers are
1: not lying. I'm shocked that that many people are grading Series 1.
2: Okay. I'm, um, I believe
1: it. I mean, obviously the numbers, don't. I am very, very surprised by this. So I also hate that Ryan's here and I hate that you're
2: here. You anyway, that that Ryan, are. I'm a bitter person. I don't <laughs> know if you listen to the pod.
1: I'm not always that happy. And when he's right,
2: it just makes me miserable. I'm not right. I'm just, we're all right in our own ways, no, we're but not. me more. So we're not right. Um, okay. Go ahead. All right, Ryan, any other data we want to infer? I know that well, hang Jesus, on, hang on. Oh, I, let me, let me
1: follow up on this point. So yeah. what, what do you attribute this to Ryan? Like this is, a, I mean, that's a massive percentage to drop in one month. Like, what do you attribute that to?
0: I think, I think honestly, this is a, uh, the grading environment's very price sensitive right now. You know, and that's kind of one of the things I'm really paying attention to. It's just like, you know, promotions clearly do well, they resonate. People will send cards and it creates an urgency. And I think you saw, um, you know, the Bowman promotion's done well for SGC, but not quite as well as the past promotion. Well, we get it. PSA you know? <laughs> backed off a bit. They did a narrower promotion, right? So they only did like the 2022, 2023 promotion for sports cards in April and that just didn't seem to sort of resonate quite as well which is why you saw PSA June 1 immediately start to pump their new promotion which is 1990 plus sports cards for $15 right so i think the promotional environment definitely has a huge impact there and i think people are trying to get some cards in in and out before the national or before football season one of the things that we saw in the numbers is that football started to spike up which i think you do historically see at this time of year and so we've seen uh football pick up baseball's actually been pretty steady but basketball's been crushed and so you know, the fact that there hasn't really been a great basketball class the last two years and people have really gravitated towards one or two particular stars, I think in general you've just seen a little bit of momentum fall off the basketball wagon there. So I think um, that's all those things I think have played into it.
2: The overall sense of the hobby to you, now that you've seen these numbers, do what do you think June's going to be? Do you think it's going to be another decline or do you think we bounce back? I think we bounce
0: back. I think that PSA, even though they, they sort of push – lead times, they're sort of, um, you know, time to return the cards as a few months, they can move stuff through the system pretty fast. And so I think if you get cards in fast, you'll get them out fast. So I think you'll start to see some benefit of that from promotion from uh, PSA this month. And in general, I think people like SGC and the rest of the green companies, which matter very much so are going to see some benefit of people trying to get cards ready for the national. So, you know, I don't want to speak, I don't want to put too much weight on that because it's a small portion of the hobby that does end up going to the national, but I think people like to move stuff in advance of that. So. I think it'll be up, but I don't think it'll be like a massive move. I think July could be big because that's when you'll start to see a lot of the numbers really start to flow through the system and hit the pop reports. But I think June will be closer to May, but up a little bit. And then we'll see July maybe a bit of a spike there.
2: Interesting. Um, overall, do you think that there is still – do the other grading companies seem to be progressing or falling behind when it comes to PSA? I asked that because I know there are some people who are saying like PSA is king and we obviously are very pro SGC around here. But at the same time, I, I view SGC numbers as far as total number of cards graded very good in relation to last year. But this month specifically, they were down 7%. I, I just wonder in the grand scheme of what you see, does it look like these other smaller companies in comparison to PSA? are still thriving, still doing okay? Or at least maybe some of them are?
0: No, I think they're doing well. I think it's all relative. I think we have this expectation that when the hobby's doing well, that all these companies have the same agenda to sort of grow at the same pace. And I think, you know, SGC is a different type of ownership than BGS or Beckett and then PSA, right? PSA is a, is a company that was taken private that wants to go public in probably the not so distant future. And so, you know, they want to, they want to sort of position themselves in like the fanatics realm of the world, right? Like we're going to be really big. Whereas like SGC has a very different ownership structure. They might be profitable. They may not need to push it quite as hard to sort of see good numbers on their end. So I think it's pretty favorable. I think it definitely depends on sort of like what seat you're sitting in for sure. Um, But I think it's actually really positive. Like I love what I see happening from a pricing standpoint because there's not been a lot of innovation in the grading space. But I think that's just like the first step. I think like people want to showcase their cards, they want to be able to do more with them. And I think we're still really early in like the world of like set registries and showcasing and all the things that you can do to make. You know, cards work harder for you in the sense of like you get more value from them, and so I think we're early, and I think the grading companies are still pretty well situated. But I think it's still pretty early in that conversation.
2: Um, I, I will say I love data, especially when it comes to the card hobby, and you know we love card ladder because they use a lot of this information too the the pop reports, the total gem rates, things like that. Um, any other interesting anecdotes before we we let you go? Because this has been great. I think it's valuable information, but also maybe something that we could do again in the future. But uh, I'd be interested if you had any interesting grading, uh, any grading data that you thought stood out.
0: You know, No, nothing in particular. I think, you know, one of the things we're really trying to do is sort of just help with like the card letters of the world show the broader population of a card. You know, things have been too narrowly focused through the lens of like one specific grader. And when you're looking up a card, you shouldn't just see one specific pop report. You should see it across all of them. And so our focus is just helping people understand the broader context, you know, depending on what card you're looking at. You'd see a very different story if you looked at a card from 2015 versus a card from 2021, and that's part of what our data is trying to, you know, to provide. And so, uh from our standpoint, you know, we're just trying to tell the broader story and then from a bigger picture standpoint, we want to help people just be more confident in the decisions they make in a hobby, and so I would just keep an eye out for that. But to the degree that we can be helpful, you know, that's definitely one of our goals, bring more transparent more transparency, more accountability to the to the grading landscape.
2: Nice. Awesome. Well, you're doing a good job, Ryan. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate
1: it. Aside from him agreeing with you, I liked that part. <laughs> that's great.
2: I didn't care for that part. Thank you, Mike, for yeah, adding that. I didn't I care. Assume I'll th- never be asked back. That right, don't later, you dare assume that. See you, Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. Bye bye.
1: It's a safe assumption. No, it's not.
2: <laughs> no, uh, I like.
1: Yeah, it's that's good. He kept it moving. Well yeah, done. Yeah, exactly.
2: He speaks well too. I wasn't sure because I've never. I, I don't. I do appreciate a well-spoken person. I do too. Um,
1: Funny you do. Huh just kidding. You know what,
2: though? I was talking to my wife believe, about this yesterday. Hang on,
1: hang on. I have to comment on you because I'm not going to want to do it if you keep speaking. I cannot believe the <laughs> tops numbers. Two to one over Bowman. I, I am generally shocked about that. I'm not saying I don't think top series one is more popular amongst the masses. Mm-hmm. I know that. To every one of the points you made. Mm-hmm. But amongst grading people. Yeah. That shocks me. I Don't rub it in my face. I'm not what rubbing did it wife in your say? face because it was a what? theory. I'm just glad you backed it Did your wife say? I know you're glad you're I, right.
2: No, no, no. I said this to my wife. I said yeah. that being in the public eye like we— you and I both are, has a lot of uh, positives. It also has some downsides. One of the things that I originally thought was a downside, I think has really helped me, which is people see a lot of your foibles, uh, the little things that you mess up, your mistakes, and they call you out for them, especially if they're things that you do frequently, which for me are the pauses, the uhs, the ums, the long questions that need to be a lot shorter, things like that. Though I hated hearing them, I do think they have helped me overall, not just on the podcast, but in general, speaking on a specific topic. So I do... Thank you for making fun of me sometimes on those things. So you're saying you're going to start being better at these things. I think I have gotten a lot better on these things. The fact that you just huh. said that is kind of upsetting. I've huh. gotten several comments about people. <laughs> I, I wouldn't you've done say much, that. You've I,
1: done, you have done much better. I'm not I saying agree. that
2: from me. I'm saying other people have made those comments to me. So there you go. You've made those comments to yourself too, though. I do think I have gotten better at it. It's something that I'm continuing to work at.
1: Yeah, two things you've gotten better at. The stuff you just mentioned, like your foibles, whatever stupid word you foibles. use. Foibles? Don't care. <laughs> and also, you've you started to care less about the audience because they're not real. They're not here. You just talk like you're in the room. I think oh, you do a good job of that now.
2: I do. Yeah, I try and focus and you on stop you and reading. I talking. And you stop reading reviews, which is helpful. Oh, I didn't stop reading <laughs> reviews. I read those all the time. I have actively done my best not to attack people like by going after them. Um, Although we you, have do- new releases. you have tracked some people down. Though. I have tracked a few people down, but I do nothing with that information. It's just nice to know I had but yet, it. yet, at least. Stay in uh, the comment. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> new releases uh, the week of June 5th. We have a few things coming out. Stop <laughs> throwing that in my face. Uh, Mike uh, is throwing things on his phone no. and no one needs to talk about. There All right. go. 2023 Top Series 2 baseball is coming out this week.
1: All right. Give me pricing because while you do that, I'm going to talk about the checklist for a minute. Obviously, Top Series 2 comes on Hobby and Jumbo.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it is actually quietly a very, very good checklist in my opinion. You've got three big-time headline guys. Well, kind of. You've got Corbin Carroll. Numbers, please. By the way, we just uh, I've list. got both
2: jumbo and I've got hobby. Oh, give me the pricing. You want stats?
1: Give me the pricing, then we'll go player stats real quick.
2: For a hobby box, ninety five dollars. For a jumbo, one sixty five, two hundred five. Okay, not bad. Forty dollars more, not bad, really. I thought you'd be able. No, upset. jump.
1: And that's that's about a a- accurate. Okay. So you've got big names: Anthony Volpe, obviously, for selling wise. Volpe, Jordan Walker, even though he sent down, had a real spike. He'll be back up. Oscar Colas, same things, big spike, sent down. He'll come back up. Corbin Carroll. I don't know what some of these guys are doing. There's a bunch of B-list guys, too. What is Corbin Carroll doing
2: right now in, in the league? Uh, Corbin Carroll average, average
1: home runs RBI. What do we got?
2: Uh, t- t- t, average is 286 okay. RBIs, 25 home runs, 10. This is the 2023 regular season. Yeah, that's actually. So, okay.
1: Uh, Jordan Walker, Oscar Colas. You got either of those guys?
2: Uh, let's see. I've got Oscar Colas. It is, no. Nope. He was sent down. I don't care about actually, that.
1: Actually, yeah, actually. I how, don't, about, how about Josh Jung? He's another yes, one of these rookies. Okay. He's kind Josh. of
2: a qu- quietly, a very good rookie, actually. What Average is none- 294, RBIs 38, home runs 12. Yeah. Jung's,
1: that's one of those guys, again, I think people, some people tend to kind of forget about and uh, has gone a little bit overlooked. Okay. Uh, who else? There's a couple other
2: guys that uh, said, let's I see. said to you. Uh, Masataka? Yeah, for the Sox guy, kind of came out of nowhere. 318 average, uh, RBIs 33 and home run seven. Remember the other day when you asked me the average and I told you 0.31? It's <laughs> embarrassing for you.
1: I wasn't going to bring it up on camera because
2: it made <laughs> you look an idiot. No, uh, I've corrected myself. Yeah, So he's
1: in there. Francisco Alvarez, he came up with a ton of hype a couple of years ago. What's his
2: story? The catcher for the Mets, uh, batting average is the worst of all of them, uh, 237, but 19 RBIs, eight home runs. So not great. Okay, yeah, my point being.
1: Series two, like other like series one, series two uh, update is literally a paper product where you're chasing the big rookies. I think this rookie class is actually pretty good, a lot better than I thought it was going to be. So, yeah, I don't think it's a bad product. It's cheap enough to rip and have fun and go nuts with it. So okay. not?
2: that's cool. I like um, it. as
1: By the way, one of the few products I'll say I like it as a rip.
2: I don't like it as a break. I think these are miserable products to break. I wouldn't go near it. I know we've talked about this before. Can you clarify again the difference between series one and series two, what that is?
1: Yeah, series one is rookies who are already on rosters when you come up, like Adley and these other guys. Okay. Series two, they just hold some guys over.
2: That's just
1: Just, just an update is just late guys, later editions. They've updated the checklist.
2: Got it, got it. So yeah, are there less in general rookies in this product? What? Are there makes sense? To anybody are there who's human? less rookies in series two than series one?
1: No, I bet it's about the same. Okay. It's not the amount of rookies, it's the headliners. That's really the,
2: the is it okay. a weak
1: rookie class or is it a stud rookie class?
2: This one's pretty good. Are they also like the guys? I assume there's going to be a number of duplicates, uh, guys who were in the first product, uh, Series 1 and Series 2. Is it the exact same card? Well, these rookies are not in Series 1. None of them. There's no duplicates that are in Series 1 and Series 2. Correct. But like uh, other, I guess, non-rookies there would be.
1: Yeah, like what is a vet card? That's a good question, actually. That I don't know because I, I don't do a ton with this product. Okay. So, like, I'm trying to think of, like, a vet who's in this. Like, a big-name vet. Let me find one. Everybody stay calm. Was- Jose Abreu. Okay. First name I saw. Yeah, I've heard Jose of him. Jose Abreu was in Series 2. Oh, then I got to find the picture. I don't know. Never mind. Uh, okay. Well, I am very curious. I'm I- not sure. I would assume it's the same vets in just a different picture,
2: Maybe. Um, whatever is Pete Alonso, someone to care about? He's currently leading home Kill runs him. right now. What's he at? 24, 21 right now. Yeah, he's a savage, Aaron he's having Judge, a though. Judge nice catching up again. It's very interesting. Um, all right, so that's series two. Next product in the line. So, a lot of these are not going to be our baseball, basketball, football. Uh, though I did want to point out football, prism football for 2022 did go up again. What um, it it's now 825 a box. It has been steadily increasing. That is very it's kind of cool to see, actually, especially since I love football. So uh, Panini select FIFA soccer, So I'm mentioning this one. I know um you and I typically don't have a ton of data. but I, I did Why go would ahead say and say that. <laughs> I did go ahead and reach out to our soccer cards United guys and just ask them to to clarify. They said basically it all depends on the print run, but they did look into it. They said there's a thousand cases made. So in their opinion, six hundred dollars is not a bad price. Could see them go up to eight hundred, especially in breaks. Um, so, even though it is a little steep, he does. They do seem to think that it could be valued at that due to the print run this year. Um, okay. All right. He then. also
1: said it was maybe you mentioned this. I tuned out. Mm-hmm. He. It is the best soccer skew he felt right, or the best
2: league license? Is that what it was? Uh yes. He did. I did not mention that, but he did say that. Yes, he did. Um, the next one that came up. Again, these are ones that we don't do as often. I'm curious if you even know much about this. This is the 2022-23 Tops Finest Overtime Elite Basketball. Yeah, so this is like... Is this high school? I don't even know if it's college. I tried to find this is out. That, this is the OTE. is
1: like that Overtime Elite League. Yes. It's its own league. It is its own league. It's not yeah, high school or anything. These kids okay. spoke
2: at the Tops Convention um, so this is different than G2. This is its own thing. So this may not be something that many guys are after. It's $70 a box, but I guess since it has the top's finest name on it, maybe their guys yeah, and, are. Interested. And like a
1: bunch of these guys are going to go to the like, I think a bunch of these guys will be drafted. Um but yeah, it's a weird. I'll be honest. I don't know enough about it. And I don't care about I've never really followed the cards or chased the cards. So I don't, you know.
2: Okay. Um 2023, Donruss UFC also comes out um, $150. That comes out this week. Last year's was also $150, so I don't think there's a big price difference. Again, this is one of those, if you're into UFC, which I know a number of listeners are, this may be something that you're chasing, but we don't have enough data to give you much more than that. But I at least figured we'd throw out the information. It's one of the cheaper SKUs, too. You can get it for cheap, at least, if you want to mess with it. So The one thing that I was going to mention about uh, Pokemon was just the fact like I said with Ryan is that the, that last release, this new Scarlet and Violet series did not do as well. There's a new set that comes out in that series. Um, They're calling it Haldia evolved comes out this week, $115 right now for a booster box. I'm very curious if this one does much better. It doesn't seem to have, it does have like Pikachu in it, but it doesn't have like a lot of the, the bigger names that a lot of guys are looking for. Like some of the series coming up will have. So, I think this also may affect grading numbers since TCG grading is so big. Um, But time will tell. This is at least doing better than what the last release did at this point. Uh, That is your release week. We can go on to mailbag. And we don't even have a ton of mailbag because I think everybody hit up the post that you made this morning. By the way,
1: big announcement. We should have led the show with
2: this. How? Oh, my God.
1: We will be live on location at our local card shop on Friday. Yes, kid night. Six to eight. Children. Six to nine. Six to
2: eight. Does it sound weird if you say children's seven. night versus kids' night? You have a child, and I'm expecting. I'm so with child. Okay. So yeah, with child. Um
1: no, I guess it's fine. Okay. We're doing, yeah. Me, you, Tim from Slabstrong. Yep. Going over to Sheps Cards, Hendersonville, Tennessee.
2: 37075. You've heard of it.
1: Uh he's got an awesome LCS here in Hendersonville. Yeah. We're doing a kids' night. Um, Pizzas, cards. Yeah, we're going to do some free food, some yep. free packs, some free cards. We'll probably do some free grading. I know Clint from Zion threw in some free cases for the kids. Um That's He's awesome. child size, so that actually works. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's going to be an awesome night for, like, the kids to collect. We're going to try to do this as, like, a monthly, bi-monthly... Cool. tri-monthly, I don't know, something like that, but a regular thing to like kind of get a little bit more involved in the community. And hopefully, I mean, honestly, we're just doing it to get more listeners of the podcast. Contract year.
2: <laughs> little kids, especially, we want listening to Real, the show. Yeah. We're really chasing the little kids. Is that what you? Is that how you say it? <laughs> little kid lover. Um, <laughs> did you notice, by Mike the way, Scott. there is a, uh, another card shop, I think, opening up just where? a few, not even a mile from Shep's where we're going to be. Uh, It's over there by that old. What? You remember where Nouveau Donut is? Like, or now it's called like Best Donut or something? Like, two on the other side of the Chinese restaurant over there. There's like a, it doesn't even have a name up there, but in the window, it's got buy, sell, trade. It's got Pokemon and like it says something about comics and stuff too. So I haven't actually been up close and personal to see, but. I I, We definitely need to check that out. Might be hiring dad for that job. (laughs) If you live in the Middle Tennessee area, though, this Friday, maybe it won't be there. Come on out to Shep's guards. Interesting. Why? I mean, I don't care for this news. I don't know. Maybe we go over there and it's just so amazing. I kind of doubt that, but we'll see. Uh, mailbag is pretty skimpy. I don't Good. know. I, don't want want to really... go. I got family in town for the last day, so it's okay. We wanted a short show. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on Nash cards dropping SGC and BGS from their services? Yeah, this
1: was interesting. Chris was live on his, yeah, you know, we had a little bit of a falling I think we're fine I don't, know. I haven't really talked to him much. Um, I don't know. I think it's weird. I don't know why, as a card shop, you wouldn't just offer it.
2: I have a theory, but I don't know if What's you want theory? me to voice that theory. Wait, um, wait
1: a minute! Wait a minute! Voice of caution
2: to the wind over there. No, when have no, I no. ever told you not? to? I don't care what you say. Uh, I I think it's a money thing. I think that there was an. I think that PSA made an offer that he couldn't refuse if he went solo, like if he went uh, exclusive. exclusive. That's the only thing I can think of because yeah, it
1: is interesting to me. You would here is the other thing. I don't. I I don't. And again, I am not taking a shot at Chris for this, but it's tough for me. When you promote something so long and so heavily, like that'd be like, if we tomorrow, were like, you know, we're PSA, we're PSA sponsors now. Yeah. Like we've promoted and pumped SGC as hard as we have because a, I use them and I grade at least a thousand cards a month at this point. And I think they're great at what they do. Yeah. And B, they pay us. That is, that is the B portion though. We use the service. We like it. I encourage others to use it because I've always been very pleased with what I've had and the service I've gotten. Strict graders. So it would be very weird for me to then all of a sudden, like I would have to really be sold on something else to say, you know what, guys, take away the money too. Like, hey, I don't want your check anymore, but I'm also just moving somewhere else. It would take a lot for that to happen, right? I have to really be sold on a service. Mm -hmm. It's weird for me that Nash was the biggest in the country for SGC, by the way. Yeah. And I don't think it was that close. Well,
2: so you say that and I thought that too, but he made a comment under that post because someone else said that. And he, he alluded to he was. So I think. What you just said. No, no, no. I'm thinking that there's someone else that the way he worded it made it sound like there was someone else oh, who like is in recent a months, bigger suburb than he is. I have not ever heard that from the SGC side, but maybe that's the case. I don't know either. I'm going to talk it's, to him this week about it, though. Of SGC? Yeah, because I figured, like, well, if they're no longer there, we need to have somebody that's in their cards. I know. Too, we've so. started with this idea of doing being a big SGC bulk subber. Yeah. Here's what
1: we need. Somebody who has enough money to sustain themselves for a while, move to Middle Tennessee. There you go, do that, and just be our little Jack Bauer. <laughs> Not even little Jack Bauer. Like where they kill people. Jack of well, I have family for that. Jack of all trades. That's make what a you. bunch of money. Yes, with helping out with podcasts, little stuff here and there, they social media stuff. You can live in Jesse's basement for free. Yeah. There's a ping pong table down there. It smells weird. Um, a basement smell. it's not great. You could be our card grading bulk guy and get paid per card. Do a few thousand of those a month. You make a few thousand bucks a month. Um, I do think there's a weird opportunity. I'm not saying we're going to do that, but we have flirted with the idea. But uh, yeah, that was my take. Like, I don't know how you pump a company like that so hard. And then all of a sudden, oh, we're not doing it.
2: Yeah. It's weird. It's kind of a, yeah, whatever. It is what it is. Um, Let's go to this question, I haven't read all the way through. It's brand new, so you forgive me. We might have to cut it. Brandon Steck, which is a—he's usually a good enough Steck, guy. my boy. Thoughts on how the promo grading SGC has been offering on Bowman and Tops will affect long-term pricing of those sets. Will SGC gain or lose value because there are more base and commons graded cheaply?
1: See, I actually think this is a positive. I think it puts more relevant cards, brand-new, relevant hot cards— in SGC holders, which brings more brand awareness. So I think overall, it's a good thing because there's also not this initial rush of like, hey, it's now 10, 20 X what it should be. Mm-hmm. The market has learned. We've learned like, hey, base cards are not ever going to be X amount of dollars. Yep. So I, I do, I think this is a genius
2: move by them. And the fact that they keep working with Fanatics, I like. I do too. And the fact that, well, we can't talk about some things, but there is another thing I noticed when I was going over the pop report information was that of... As Ryan mentioned, TCG is one of the biggest graded items that goes through all these grading shops. And SGC has the lowest market share, it looks like, as of right now. And I think and they, they know just, that. Yeah, they, just they just started, started pushing uh, TCG. And with that being said, I think that means there's the most room for growth and, of course, hopefully, increased values to go along with that. But I do think, too, that if TC or if SGC really gets in on the TCG, TCG side. Too many acronyms, bro. I know there's too many C's and things. I do think that that also helps because you're getting it back faster than anybody else out there. As far as like getting those cards graded and sent back out into the real world, I think we just have to see more of that happen for people to actually want to buy them. So
1: you know what we're talking all SGC all this time too. Here's a little giveaway for you. Post your favorite SGC card you have on social media and tag us. What's our stupid handle on Instagram?
2: Sports cards nonsense. Aren't there like slashes oh, or something? Oh, sports, I mean, they'll find it, but sports okay. underscore cards underscore nonsense.
1: You post a picture of your favorite SGC card that you own and tag us and I'll give away 10 grades to the person that I'm choosing.
2: Oh, there you go.
1: Boom. Roasted. You, little you have slipper-y. to hand deliver the cards to me. <laughs> I don't care where you live. You have to walk here. Fly. If, nope. Nope. No No. no easy way that out. Is my bad. But yeah. Just tag us on social, tag them on social and post a picture.
2: Giveaway time. I, I like know, that. Why not? Um, That's it. That's the show. There's, what are we doing Thursday? Uh we have a guest or no? So we have a potential guest. I'm trying to get a hold of them. Uh, but, well, I think who we'll have the, one. Who is them? Is it, or is it a single person? I it's a, It's a single person, but I don't want to mention it. They're not going to come on.
1: Okay. So maybe a guest on Thursday.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, either way. Do I know who it is? Is it a secret? Uh, it's not a secret. I mean, I can tell you. But is it a not, surprise? It's not really. I don't know if you'd care or not. I'm trying to get Pac-Man on. Um, who? <laughs> that's, <laughs> there you go. A that's, little yellow round <laughs>
1: head that eats stuff?
2: Yes, the the character Atari? he has he has a wife, Miss Pac Man. She's lovely. Um, you'll like it. It'll be good. I know who. You do know he has like the largest group the out YouTube there. YouTube guy. He breaks there back. it is. Yep.
1: Oh yeah, he was just involved. In well, he wasn't involved. He ripped a box of uh, Bowman Chrome U and pulled the Wemby base card, and some like there were videos circulating like that was a planted box because he had like the hot pack.
2: Oh, I do want to look and see what those are. I got yeah. to see what these are selling
1: for, which I thought
2: was. Have like, you seen these Wimby two? like where they're like ones faded or his was dark faded. or something? What is it? Was that on purpose? You think I started wondering if that was just like an accident and that like people are making it into a thing because I don't know, but it is insane to me how much money those
1: cards are selling for, by the way.
2: Yeah, it is. The
1: base card sold today, 480, 425, 650. Just to be clear, people telling me this is an SSP. Look at the amount of sales and the amount listed on eBay. I don't know where people got this notion, unless they said it was and I just missed it. Yeah, it says extended base. It's card number one hundred one. I don't buy that. Like there are so many of these cards out there. That's going to be the worst Wemby card to own. I, this card is five hundred bucks as of even today. It sold for 500, 500, 530. five hundred, five thirty. I'm going to say in one month, Carlos, make a note. Do you have a do you have a note taker machine? It's called a
2: pen. He has a pen and paper.
1: Because I was sure. worried about this. <laughs>
2: Oh, God. Here's the, here's he definitely the does not.
1: <laughs> Carlos, on July 1st, Wemby base card, $100. 50, no, no, no. You're saying that's what nay, it's going to be? $50. That's a Saturday. I don't care what day of the week it is, sweet cheeks. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, what's the, what is it? So, July 3rd is a Monday? July 3rd
2: is a Monday, but Carlos, we'll probably be off because it's a holiday.
1: What, what is July 3rd a holiday July for?
2: July 4th is the holiday, but you checked on the Monday
1: and the Tuesday?
2: No, I would, well, oh I my guess maybe. God. What well, now maybe the ringer does rep- uh, just do it on Tuesday. Carlos, then. are we going to have a show <laughs> are we going to have a show Monday July 3rd, do you think? I would assume we just have the one day off, okay. but I'm not 100% sure. You know what? I think what we do is either way July 1st. That's what you said. We'll nope. check the pricing. Nope. Why? July
1: Sixth is that Thursday. Okay. Unless we're taking the whole week off so people can light fireworks. Go blow your hand up somewhere else. Like, what do you just leave the fireworks alone for a couple of days? July sixth, this card $50 or less.
2: What you just said, a hundred now it's down to 50 being more dramatic. I'm making wow. a point. because on the first it would have been hundred, but now on the sixth point. it's down to 50. I don't think you're right at all. I think that's way too short of a time frame. Okay, what do you think book?
1: this what do you think goes for July sixth?
2: $310. Are you willing
1: to bet your year's salary on this? No, no, I'm not. Why would I be <laughs> well, willing to do that? You know what? I write the checks and I'm willing to take that bet for you. <laughs>
2: Thank you. There I you appreciate go. that. All right.
1: Sports Cards and Nonsense brought to you by the Ring of Podcast Network, powered by Spotify. We'll be back on Thursday with maybe a guest and maybe we won't be and maybe we will be and whatever. So, see you Thursday. Goodbye.